0: Good evening, everybody. That's a funny show, isn't it? How are you guys doing tonight? My name is Wilson. I'm one of the young adult pastors here. (laughs) Excuse me. And it's been a little while since I've been up here. So I'm excited to get back up and uh, speak tonight and talk to you guys about what God's been doing, what he's been teaching me, but... Um, really, what I want to talk to you guys about tonight is how I've been marked and how God has affected my life on a personal level. And anybody leaves the room without a hunger or um, a deeper desire to be marked in the same way that I've been marked, which is available to everyone in this room, this marking I'm talking about, is available to everybody. If you leave the room without that, I'm, I'm going to be a miss because that, that's my goal tonight is to ignite a hunger and a passion in you guys for the Holy Spirit and experience him and for a full experience of the Holy Spirit. You guys know that Jesus came to earth so that we could be forgiven of our sins, we could become new creations, and so that we could experience God. So we could walk around on a daily basis with an experience from him and not do things on our own power and not be motivated by our will, but be motivated by his will. You guys know that's why we we do the stuff we do. That's why we pray for people. That's why we love others. It's because of his will. Because he's pushing us into it. We don't need to make our own plan. We don't need to figure out, what do I do in this situation? What's God's will in this situation? We just love him and push into him. He's so good. So I just want to pray really quick and then um, keep going. So Holy Spirit, welcome you. We welcome you here tonight. We love you so much, God. And I just say, Holy Spirit, you can come have your way here. We're committed to you. We'll always choose you. So come, Lord, just begin to fall right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So like I said, tonight I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And something even I've been finding recently is we put this article, the, in front of Holy Spirit. And in some ways I think it dehumanizes and it kind of like makes him impersonal a little bit. And you know, the Holy Spirit is a person because he's part of the Godhead. So sometimes I'm going to drop the the and I'm just going to say Holy Spirit. Is everybody okay with that? I'd encourage you to try that a little bit. Just test it out. It feels a little weird. It doesn't always sound right. But try and drop the the because we don't say the Jesus, you know? It's Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And um, what I want to do just to kick it off is read to you guys Luke 11:13. And this is kind of like the baseline, the mark for what our heart attitude should be towards the Holy Spirit, towards Holy Spirit's ministry, and um, just to how we want to receive him. And this is Jesus talking. He says, "If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit?" To those who ask of him. How much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of Him? See, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is a really special gift because it's God. Holy Spirit is God. He is the total, absolute fullness of God. He is a perfect representation for us to experience on earth of God. We can't forget that. You know, I've I think that sometimes it almost becomes father, son, and holy something else. Father, son, and holy Bible. Father, son, and holy church. And we start to forget how paramount Holy Spirit is to our lives. There's no comparison. You don't. Com- God doesn't compare to anything else. There's not a if. There's not like, well, I love reading the Bible. I'm not really into that Holy Spirit stuff. Newsflash. You're saying you're not into God. God is the Holy Spirit. they are the same thing. So I'd encourage you to and I say I say that with love because it's something I've had to do for my own heart I've had to take my own heart check and say man, am I object am I kind of like objectifying Holy Spirit and just saying I can judge what he's doing and I can kind of like feel him out and maybe oh uh, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that That's not okay. Holy Spirit is God. He's the fullness of God okay. So he is so important, actually, that he is who inaugurated Jesus's ministry. Holy Spirit was the inaugural moment of Jesus's ministry. When Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit came down on him like a dove, that, that was the beginning point of Jesus's ministry. That's where it started. So if we think there's anywhere else for us to start, <laughs> where, who wants to start somewhere different than where Jesus started? right? I want to start right where Jesus started, no matter what that costs me, that's where I want to start. No matter how much I have to push in, how much um, I'm even persecuted for that, I want to start where Jesus started. And Jesus started his ministry with an encounter from Holy Spirit. Let's look at it. This is in Luke 3. Sorry, I should have like bookmarked it. Okay. Luke 3:21. Now, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, "You are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased." Read 22 again. "And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove so this doesn't say that the holy spirit was a dove it says he was like a dove and from my personal experience and my christian walk that's a lot of times an adjective or a word i need to use before i describe holy spirit the word like because it seems like it's hard to really put your finger on him sometimes to know exactly what he's doing or what he looks like and that's a good place to be in I would much rather be in a place of always trying to understand God than thinking I have God figured out, thinking I know what's up. And I'm not talking about confusion and um, like timidness about your salvation or not knowing if God is good. God is always good. That's a starting point. We can start with God is good. And from there we can have questions. So I'm not talking about knowing God in that sense. I'm talking about thinking you have like exclusive access and total understanding to the big picture of what Holy Spirit is doing or what God is doing in a specific moment. We need to stay in a place of humility. where We're always saying, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? I want to be in step with you. You know, Jesus always did what he saw the Father doing. He, always was on, he was always trying to be right at the cusp. He was standing right on the edge, and he was ready to step. He wasn't 10 feet back from the edge. He was like, well, God, when I see what you're doing there, you know, a mile off, then maybe I'll start thinking about going with you. No. Jesus hung out on the edge of the cliff, and he was ready to jump the second he saw Holy Spirit move. That's the kind of culture we want to have at this church. People that are crazy risky to follow Holy Spirit. That, I'm just gonna be real with you. That is an awesome part of house group. That's the thing that house group has cultivated very well is that we have pushed and we know our value is Holy Spirit bar none. The second we see him move, we say, how high? We jump, we go for it because there's, no, no, there's nothing else worth our complete passion, our complete giving ourselves to besides the Lord and what he's doing in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So just to kind of clarify where I'm going tonight, you know, anybody in this room who has accepted Jesus into their life, who's, you know, repented of their sins, turned from their way and said, Lord, I want to come back to you. Actually, pause real quick. I heard a really cool, um, like, analogy for what repentance is recently. It's from this guy named Leif Hetland. He said, repent, return to the penthouse. (laughs) You know, that's what repentance is. Because I don't ever want to think a different way than God. That's what it means to repent, is to change your thinking and agree with God. You know, God has penthouse thinking all the time. So all we have to do is say, Lord, sorry that I was thinking stupidly. I want to think your direction. But okay, I totally forgot where I was going with that. Okay. So Holy Spirit, we, anybody in this room that has repented, returned to the penthouse that is committed to following Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And the reason that you did that was because of Holy Spirit. You couldn't have came back to Jesus without Holy Spirit. All right. But what I'm talking about tonight, I'm not talking about the regeneration. See, the Holy Spirit has come and regenerated all of us. He's made us a new righteous person. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about the baptism, the filling of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And there's a difference. There, there is a difference. The cool thing is that we all have Holy Spirit inside of us. So no one needs to be amiss. And I wouldn't say that, like, you know, you can't function in healing if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can't prophesy. You can't speak in tongues. I don't think that's the point. I think the point is, why wouldn't you do it to a new measure when you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Things come, it's like you take off, you put prescription glasses on. Your whole life, you haven't been able to see well, Holy Spirit fills you, wow. Your vision gets a lot better. You start to function a lot better in the ministry that God is pushing you into. The Holy Spirit is like an accelerant in our walk with Jesus. He's already inside of us, but when he fills us, when he comes upon us, it just changes the game. It's a game changer. There's no, I mean, that's why Jesus started by the Holy Spirit coming on him like a dove. And what encourages me about that is we can expect Holy Spirit to take some kind of bodily form. We can expect the Holy Spirit to be a visible thing that we see happening. Okay? We don't need to worry when we see something. You know, I've seen people before getting prayed for. I've even experienced this, and I started shaking because the Holy Spirit was touching me. You know, we don't need to worry about that because the Holy Spirit came like a dove. So I'm pretty sure that we might shake, too. You know, he came and he manifested physically. Um, the thing I want to focus on, though, real quick, kind of take a sidebar, is the second thing that happens in this instance when Jesus is baptized in the Holy Spirit. Like a, so, starting in verse 22, "'And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, "'You are my beloved Son. "'With you I am well pleased.'" With you, I am well pleased. How good is that to hear? What could be better to hear than, with you, I am well pleased? You are my son. And you know that anyone in this room who's accepted Jesus, God's pleased with you. He's happy with you because Jesus is who God looks at in you. That's, he doesn't look at anything besides his son. Jesus is so beautiful and so magnificent that it's impossible to look away from him. That's all God sees when he looks at you. He sees his son. He thinks, man, I love him. Oftentimes when we have these encounters with Holy Spirit, when we come and feel him physically upon our body, when we experience him, this this same experience of God being pleased with us kind of goes hand in hand. There's this experience of his warm affirmation, his love, and a freedom that comes on our life when we experience Holy Spirit. We have a baptism of the Holy Spirit. We experience God's love in a more personal, palatable, tangible way. For me, one of the most um, like significant encounters I've ever had with Holy Spirit was about a year after I really started following the Lord. So when I was 18, You know, I was raised in church. And my dad's, my dad's a pastor here, if you don't know that. But I was raised in church, and um, I've always, you know, loved the Lord and gone to church and stuff. But it wasn't until I was about 18 years old that I really felt like I personally gave my heart to him. And really let him take control of my life. And it was about a year after this happened, I was at a conference up in Toledo, and it was called the Furious Love event. Who here has seen the movie Furious Love. Man, it's an awesome movie. I encourage you to go on Amazon.com or go to like Friendly Christian or something like that and get it. But it's a movie all about just um, how God's working across, or all around the world. And they actually organized a conference with a couple of the speakers from it. And so there are speakers, guys like Robbie Dawkins, Heidi Baker... Will Hart, Philip Mentofa, all these really cool people that God is just using and that all really advocate being filled with the Holy Spirit and having a baptism of the Holy Spirit all the time and pushing into Him and letting Him lead you. So I was at this conference, and it was at the end of the first session that I was present for. This guy named Will Hart was speaking, and he's been a missionary to Africa for some time at this point. And he was just telling all these fantastic, awesome stories about healings and miracles and... um you know, this some of this was like a tiny bit uncomfortable for me, to be honest. I was kind of new back in my faith, so I, you know, I thought, okay, obviously God can heal people, but I had had many experiences with it. Like I had never, I mean, I was. He was so confident. Has anybody ever been in a situation where somebody's so confident about something that it makes you not confident? <laughs> that doesn't make much sense, right? But that really does happen. And that's kind of how I was feeling. I was like, man, you know. I know God heals and I've seen this before. I've even got to be part of it, but he's talking about like seeing angels and, you know, the fire of God and the power of God and all this stuff that's like kind of outside my comfort zone, you know? But I kept listening. I said, I'm going to keep my ears open. I'm going to keep hearing because I knew that Jesus was always at the edge. He was always ready to jump. And you know, if our hearts are saying, that's not real, that's stupid, that no way, then, you know, we're not standing at the edge. We're not standing in a place of being totally willing to go with God. When We're judgmental. We're at least 10 feet back from the edge. You know, it's going to take step, 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 step before we can jump onto what God's doing. And again, who wants to be a step behind God? Don't you want to be right on the edge? Don't you want to be able to jump when he says jump and just move when he says move? So I was doing my very best, and I'm not saying I was being perfect at it, but I was doing my very best to stay close to the edge. In reality, I was probably like right here, okay? So I wasn't on the edge, but I was, man, I was trying to be. And at the end of his talk, he started going to this kind of ministry time where he was praying for everybody, and there was about 300, 400 people in the room. The big, It was a church kind of like this size. And sure enough, he starts seeing angels and he's talking about, there's angels in here commissioning people to go on the mission field. And you know, the power of God is falling on people on this side of the room and, and all this stuff. And as soon as he starts saying that, I just feel like my whole body falls asleep. Like, you know what when it feels like when your hands fall asleep, or like your foot falls asleep. So I didn't like, I was like, I felt like this tingling sensation go over my whole body. And I was like, okay. I guess I'm going to keep on, I'm going to keep on, keep my ears open to this. So I feel this sensation go over my body. It's important to know at that moment, I said, okay, yeah, this is good. I didn't get scared or I didn't, and maybe I even had a little bit of fear, but I didn't succumb to that and say, oh, I'm not okay with this and put my hands down and walk out of the room. I felt a little bit. I said, all right, I'm ready for more, more, Lord. And then for the next 30 minutes, pretty, an encounter that marked me for the rest of my life. I started to feel this weight come down on me. Like it was hard to hold my hands up. I started to feel all this heat all over my body. I started to feel heat just on my shoulders. And it was just this encounter with the Lord where I was experiencing him in this way that I'd only read about in the Bible. You guys know it says that Jesus was going to come and baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And that he carried out his ministry through the power of the Holy Spirit. So there's power on his life. What do you think God's power looks like? Do you think it's like this light, breezy thing that we're not going to even know is on us? No. When God's power is on you, you experience it. You feel him there, you know? And so I was having this experience, and I'd come into this weekend with a lot of kind of heart baggage. I'd come into this weekend really struggling with pornography. For the past probably five or six years, I've been struggling with on and off with looking at pornography. And this was kind of like a big point of shame for me because I was part of a missions organization and I was, you know, part of like helping disciple other people. But I had this thing going on in my life that I just felt like I couldn't shake. So I came in carrying that on my heart. I'd also been in a relationship with a girl where we were um, intimate and I had kind of had this connection to her ever since then, where I just felt like She's the only one. Like, I don't ever want to be with anybody else. That was really how my heart felt. That's how, that's how I thought. I was like depressed all the time. I thought, this is it. I'm never going to be happier. I'm going to be with her. So I came into this weekend with all these things. I walked out without any of that. I walked out with any of that garbage on me. And that's because Holy Spirit came and filled me. And he just pushed all that stuff out. And that's what happens when we have an encounter with Holy Spirit. We get affirmed we're reminded that God is pleased with us. And it's not that God wasn't pleased with us beforehand, but it's that we forget. And then we give power to these other thoughts. But the Holy Spirit has this way of coming and cleaning our thinking and purging us from all the stuff, for lack of better words, all the crap that holds us down. You know, that's why we need to be filled. The title title of my message is Why Be Filled. It's to get rid of the crap. Because there's a lot of it. And we get it on us all the time. But Holy Spirit comes and he just brushes it off. He's not worried about it. He comes and fills us anyway. See, I just wanted to emphasize how that encounter with him really changed me at a core level. You know, I didn't just leave happy. I left free. I didn't leave confident. I left bold. I was ready to be on the edge. And from that moment on, I've been trying my very best to stay as close to the edge as I can. After that experience... I mean, yeah, I totally fall back from it sometimes, but as quick as I can, I run back. I say, Lord, yeah, I'm ready. I want to go right where you want me to go. I don't want to be anywhere else, but on the edge of your will and pushing pushing back the darkness. That's where I want to be, Lord. He's so good. <laughs> He's just so good. He lets us. We can step back and we can get back close again. He's not vindictive. God isn't vindictive. He isn't ever mad at you. He's not pushing you away. You know, that that's that's a human trait. That's a thing that humans do, not God. I'll admit, you know, sometimes I get in fights with people and I get mad at them and I'm, I push them away. And I say, no, I'm not ready to forgive you. And no, you, you hurt my feelings. I'm not going to forgive you yet. God doesn't do that. How good is that? Wouldn't that really suck if God did that? But he doesn't. We don't need to think like that. We don't need to think like, is God happy with me? Is he pleased with me today? No. God doesn't care if you're sitting on the edge or if you're 20 feet back from the edge. He loves you exactly the same. And you know what? The only way that we get to the edge, the only way we have the courage to walk out to the edge is his love. Nothing else gets us to the edge except for his love. Nothing changes you like his love. And that's what I experienced that evening. I experienced his love in a new way. A way that freed me from stuff that was holding me down. Something that empowered me to be on the edge. Hmm. All right, let me see where I'm gonna go next. So, yeah, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And we really need we need this in order to continue Jesus' ministry. You know, that was the last thing he said to do. He said, go into all the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and our good, good friend, Holy Spirit. He said, baptize them in the name of the Holy Spirit. So does everybody in this room know what like water baptism is? You know where somebody gets dunked in a tank and pulled back out? You're pretty wet when you get out, right? Like, there's no way to be water baptized and stay dry, right? Is that that logic hold true? Okay, there's no way to be baptized in Holy Spirit and not experience it and not feel it. This, This doesn't make any sense. When people tell me that they've been, oh yeah, I've been baptized in Holy Spirit, I say, oh wow, tell me about it. What was it like? Oh, well, no, no. I mean, you know, at, at rebirth, when Jesus came inside of me, I was filled with him and it's all, it's all good from there. I'm like, yeah, that is awesome. And that's really important. But it's an experience too, you know. This is the best book ever written. You know that? Thank you, Jesus, that we live in a country where we can read this. Thank you so much that we get this for free. But you know what this is thing's purpose is? to lead us into experience with God, to lead us into an encounter and into a living relationship with the powerful, loving God so we can realize what His Son did for us and we can live according to Holy Spirit. You know, in Galatians it says, live by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, not the flesh. You got to get in here to learn how to live by the Spirit. Without this, you're going to be running a lot of circles without this. You know, I heard a really cool story that gave me a lot of, this is a, this is a tangent. I'm just going to tell you. Um, I heard a really cool story about the Bible and um, about China and kind of what Bibles are like and how available they are there. You know, I think things have loosened up in, in recent years, but there was a time, not too distant time, a time probably when most of everybody in this room was alive where you couldn't have a Bible in China. It was totally illegal. And I know there's some state-sponsored churches now, so I'm not sure what it's like with Bibles, but there's this really cool story from a pastor. They, They were smuggling Bibles into China. And what they would do, they would take the Bibles in, and what the Chinese believers would do is, so like I would hand this Bible to Luke, and then Luke would rip out the first page, and he would hand the Bible to Van. Van would rip out the next page. They would hand the Bible to Lori. Lori would rip out the next page until the whole Bible was just empty. And they would keep that page and they would study it and memorize it. And that's, that's what they had to live off of. One page until what they do is then they'd meet a new believer and they'd switch pages with them. They'd meet another Christian or someone else. They knew that had a page of the Bible, they'd swap with them. We can't take this for granted. We have it in its totality. We probably have a five on our shelf in 20 different translations We can't take this for granted, you guys. So important. Okay. So the Holy Spirit is a promise from God. Let's look in Luke again. At Luke 24. So how many of you guys know that Jesus' last words are pretty important? I mean, I think everything he said is incredibly important, but I think there is good it's a good idea to really pay attention to the last thing people say before they leave, right? Like usually it's gonna be an important message. It's gonna be like good instructions, it's gonna be something that we need to refer back to even. Like that's why they say it last, so it's fresh on your memory, and you're quick to refer back to it. So this is one of the last things Jesus said to the apostles before he ascended into heaven. He said, And behold, this is Luke twenty four forty nine. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. He said, and behold, I'm sending the promise. Man, you know, Jesus's promise, God's promises are good. The things we can rely on, we can push back into, we want. Who wants, yeah, who wants, who has a promise from God? They, they just hold on to. Something God's spoken to you, or a Bible verse that just really hits you, and you can just hold on to that in hard times. That's what this is. That's what the Holy Spirit is. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Notice he doesn't say, I'm sending the promise of my Father to you. I'm sending the um, promise of my Father to hang around near you. No, upon you. So much so that he goes on to say, stay in the city until you are clothed with power on high. Clothed with it. Again, when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's an experience that takes over our whole body in different measures. Like, you know how I said, when I was experiencing God at that conference, I said, yeah, Lord, I want more. I agreed. I said, yes. And it increased. I would say about 99 times out of 100, we need to agree with what Holy Spirit is doing. He doesn't like to impose him. He doesn't want to impose himself on you. He wants you to agree. He wants to partner with you. He wants you to get on board with him. So this isn't a a thing that should um, bring like apprehension or nervousness or fear. Because it's a good gift. You remember we looked at Luke eleven thirteen. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit? It's a good gift. It's a thing we need to live. So much so that Jesus said, don't do anything until he comes and clothes you. Think about that. These guys had just spent the past three years, maybe more, five days a week with Jesus watching everything who here would like to do that who here would like to walk for three years of jesus and see everything he did that'd be a pretty good school to be in right but you know what it's not enough that that wasn't enough that that wouldn't cut it jesus knew that if all i do is show them how to do it it won't be enough they had to be clothed with the same power that he was that's how important holy spirit is that's how important a baptism the holy spirit is Jesus knew they needed that to do what he did. Jesus said, you'll do the same and greater works than me because you'll get the Holy Spirit. There's no way we can do the same here without the Holy Spirit on us. There's just no way. So he tells them to wait for this. And then in Acts 1.8, looking at another passage. Acts 1.8, he says, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So here we see that oftentimes Holy Spirit, a Holy Spirit filling is accompanied with power. Who wants to function in power? You know what power does? It raises the dead. It gets people up out of wheelchairs. It opens the eyes of the blind. It frees people from addiction It heals our hearts. That's what the power of God does. And he said, wait till you're clothed with that. Wait till you're clothed with that. I said at the beginning, I hope that I'm instilling a hunger in you guys, a desire for a fresh new filling of Holy Spirit, to be filled with him a new time once again. In Ephesians 5.18, Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That word, um, I'm not a Greek scholar. My dad knows a lot about Greek. So this is something he shared with me in the past, but that word filled is in the tense of it is continuous imperative passive. So what that means is imperative means it's a command be filled. This isn't something we can like, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll just, no, it's a command be filled. Continuous means ongoing. Don't do it one time. Keep doing it over and over and over and over. In passive, this is the best part. passive means someone else has to do it to us. That means God comes and does it. And what did Luke 11:13 say? If you then being evil know how to have good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? We ask him, and he's going to do it. There's no way that he's not going to, because he said he's a good father. He's a good father. If we know how to give good things to each other, how much more is God going to do good things to us? The best thing you ever had done for you by anybody else, God can do double that. He wants to do double that. Let's speak that over you guys. The God is going to, this next coming week, the rest of this year, he's going to begin to do things in your life you've never seen done before. You're going to see new things done in your life. So I just, yeah, i was going to pray for you guys real quick. Lord, I just thank you so much for how good you are. And I just pray for your blessing on this room, your blessing on each and every individual in here. Let it come in new measure, Lord. Let us understand you in a new way. We love you so much. And I just mark everyone in this room for a fresh filling of Holy Spirit, for a new fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to welcome the worship band to come Come on back up. They're probably going to start emerging from behind me any second. <laughs> Boom. So, yeah, what I really want to say is that tonight and tomorrow night especially, we're really focused on getting filled with Holy Spirit. If you've never had an encounter like what I'm talking about, or you've never had an experience like that, tonight's your night. And if you can't, if stuff isn't going for you tonight, come again tomorrow night. Get another filling. Because the Lord wants to fill you. He wants to empower you. He is not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to leave you trying to do things of your own will. He wants to fill you with his power, with his presence. So I encourage you guys to stand for worship and even come down front. If you've never come down front for worship, I'd encourage you, come down and experience what it's like just to be on the edge and to be stepping on the edge. So we're going to a time of worship right now.